0: You are here, Vow Connect. Sangam, Sahitya, and Kalaka.
1: Hello, Sasra Kaal, Namaskar, Adab. One day, we will be here. What is this? Swagat and Shukriya. Today is a special interview, and today we are bringing to you a highly decorated officer from the Indian Army. Of course, details of the same will be given to you by my co host, Yuvanika. So stay tuned with me, Nadeep. And me, Yavanaka, as Nidhi just said, we're very happy
2: to welcome you back. And as Nidhi said, today we're delving into it from the perspective of the military through a very decorated and very upstanding officer, Lieutenant General Shaukeen Johan, who's spoken with us while he's in Nagaland. And he was, in fact, very, very accommodating. And uh, the interviewer was Miss
1: Sonika Rawat, and there were lots of missed connections and Yes, and because of the inclement weather and it was raining so much. So he, in fact, he did a retake of the interview also. He was that accommodating that it's all right. You yeah. Know. I will be available again when it's convenient. So it was really nice. And of course, Sonika has mentioned his decorations. So we will not repeat that. But I just want to mention that he is an alumnus of St. Columbus High School, New Delhi. And... You know, he was commissioned into the Gorkha Rifles Okay. in uh, December 79. Right. Yeah.
2: So. And yeah, there's a lot more, but uh, as we said, Sonika will be repeating some of these things, so we don't want it to become redundant. Um, one more thing is from that MHS perspective, which is for all who are joining us for the first time, the MHS is our military history and strategy vertical at the Valley of Words festival. After delving into things from that perspective, we will conclude again with a focus on Gandhi and uh, his emphasis on independence. It's important to remember what he thought and felt and wrote um, and said. So today, the book we'll be discussing in the end is called Mahatma Gandhi, Essays and Reflections. It's uh, a book centered around writings by Dr. Sarvapalli Radhakrishnan and this is the 150th birth anniversary edition that is being released by Jayco Books and uh, this came out in 2019. I'm very excited about this. It's a collection of essays by various people and in the end there are some excerpts from uh, Gandhi's own writings and speeches and unfortunately because we don't have time we can only read from one so I've decided on the introduction which is by Dr. S. Radhakrishnan. But even there, I've had lots of trouble cutting it down. So I'll save time by starting the interview straight away. We're really looking forward to hearing General Chauhan. And we'll see you on the other side.
3: Today, we have a very special guest with us, Lieutenant General Shocking Chauhan. Welcome to the Valley of Words. Thank
0: you.
3: Before starting our conversation, I would like to throw some light on your career span. Lieutenant General Shokin Chauhan have been awarded five presidential awards, Param Vishisht Seva Medal, Ati Vishisht Seva Medal, Seva Medal, Sena Medal and Vishisht Seva Medal. You have conducted counter-terrorist operations both in Kashmir Valley and in the Northeast. You have vast experience at the apex level having served in both the Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of Home. You were the Director General of Assam Rifles, India's oldest and the largest paramilitary force. At present, you are a chairman of Ceasefire Monitoring Group since August 2018. Welcome to the Wow Connect. Thank
0: you so much, Sonika.
3: You are an avid reader. You write a lot. Your articles have been published in the various prestigious journals and columns. You have been invited as a speaker in various seminars, forums across the globe. You have attended a Valley of Words last year also. What are your views regarding a military vertical? Is it doing justice with all the parameters uh, without losing its authenticity, gravity, ambicore, as far as the discussions are concerned?
0: You know, uh, Sonika, like, I've attended a large number of festivals. I've been called as a speaker for a large number of seminars. But I found myself uh, enjoying uh, the atmosphere the friendliness, uh, the authenticity, and the honesty of uh, the value of that. It was uh, very comfortable. Uh, You made me feel very nice. And uh, the conversation that I had with uh, Dr. Bakshi and Dr. Bunga uh, in Dehradun was indeed extremely interesting. And I was so happy to see a number of people sitting there and uh, asking us questions which made the conversation uh, which made our discussion uh, very interesting. Thank you so much I really enjoyed my time with the Valley of
3: Work. I am very inquisitive to know about it that uh, as a chairman of ceasefire Fire Monitoring Group you have given whole new dimension energy and strength to the peace process whether it is related with Naga Insurgent or any other multifarious insurgent group could you please share your valuable experience regarding this
0: uh, Sonika, you know, while uh, you mentioned this issue about uh, the Naga insurgency, uh, what I want to tell you is that it, it's a long process. It's difficult. It's been there for the last uh, they've been they've been fighting this insurgency since 1956, uh, an armed insurgency since 1956. But from 1929 onwards, uh, the Nagas, uh, you know, had had petitioned the British. That, uh, since it was a British colony at that time, that they be permitted to be independent. So it's been a long process of uh, of non-integration of of not having accepted the idea of India, wow. and it, it came through slowly and slowly. Uh, there's a large amount of trust that has been built in uh, in, in 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 our processes. And uh, as you said, I've been involved in a uh, number of counterinsurgency operations, almost 2-10 uh, years of mine have been in the counterinsurgency operations in the, the Northeast. And I was in Ukrul as a young company commander, Ukrul district as the young company commander. Young company commander. <laughs> so I found then, uh, you know, that there was a trust deficit between the people and the armed forces who then represented the Republic of India. And when I was asked to come and help out uh, to ensure peace and peace, I was extremely happy that at least I'd have some... If I, I would be able to give back, uh, you know, and uh, to, to, uh, do something for the country. Uh, the main issue that I find, like I've been telling you, is the issue of the trust deficit, of not being able to convince the uh, people of Nagaland and the insurgents that you are actually trustworthy and that, uh, you will not let them down. It's a long process, Sonika. It's not something that happens in a day. It's yeah, not something that happened to me. Yeah, I agree. But it will happen because slowly by slowly the idea of India will be accepted and they will join us and be a force multiplier. You'd be amazed to see how talented the people of Nagaland are. How, uh, how talented, how capable they are and how wonderful it would be to have them as, you know, uh, as citizens who contribute to the idea
3: that
0: hmm. So I am all for this free process, but it's not something that has happen in a hurry. Integration takes a long time. Cultural integration will take even more time. But there is much that we can learn from the society here in Madalaya. And I am trying my best to imbibe those values as well as tell them that. You know, they are a very important and welcome part of uh, India's cultural integration, the larger part in the idea of India.
1: Yeah, very much so because our Northeastern states uh, sometimes even I feel are a little neglected. They are. They and we are need to recognize so. them because they are so culturally rich. Uh, I've seen them at close quarters because um, I happened to be there. I mean, my husband was posted there. and. Fortunately, when my dad was also posted, I got to see uh, that clan very closely. And uh, I hope what General Chauhan visualizes for Nagaland does come true.
2: Absolutely. I'm very much in agreement. And, uh, you know, also even with the idea of India, it is such an idealistic, but I, I do believe that in order for that to happen, we must all be better. You know, we must be better, we must espouse this idea of an India and uh,
1: keep in mind that that's the ideal to walk towards. So with that spirit, I think we'll just get back to listening to what Jan Chauhan has to say because I know he's got something really interesting ahead. Yes, so let's get back to the second half.
3: This last question is related with today's scenario and it is very close to my heart that people nowadays without thinking about the repercussions, they keep on posting anything on the social media because of his easy accessibility. My question is for you do we really need to think, rethink, and ponder before posting anything, and especially if the person is holding a very responsible pl- post?
0: Swanika, you know, uh, why social media has democratized the voice of millions of people, it will also ensure that. People have opinions that they have no idea about. So, sure. um, due to a lack of uh, an idea, to give an opinion and to put it on a public platform uh, does create a great deal of problems. So, I would be very cautious about using social media, about expressing my views. Uh, I am in many ways a public person because what I say means a lot to the people of Nagaland, because it's important that they are part of my audience here. But more importantly, uh, I personally feel that social media must be used with responsibility. It must be used to echo a view of only those things that you are in knowledge of. Sure. Also needed, you also need to echo view if you need to echo them. If you are going to gain nothing by abusing somebody, and there is a lot of abuse on social media. There's simply no need to put it across. But it gives, uh, like I said, uh, it's a democracy and social media gives voice to a number of people, to a number of issues, has been able to assist in uh, reducing the abuse uh, that, that is prevalent, but at the same time needs to be used with caution and needs to be accepted with caution.
3: This is very true. People think that they are voicing their opinion, but uh, they get deviated and start using the harsh language. Why I asked you this question? Because uh, you served as an additional director, journal, public information, where you dealt with uh, the PR activities and the media relations, monitoring information, and the perception management. And before... uh, Putting an end to this our beautiful conversation, I request you please give some strong message to our listeners, to our youth. Especially, you know, the lot of things are happening during this pandemic.
0: Thank you, uh, Very kind you. Of, uh, you know, asking for my message. I when I visited the Value of Words in uh, Bengaluru, I noticed that there were a large number of young people who were a part of uh, the Value of Words uh, organization. Organization and organization groups. Uh, a large number of these young people, uh, young, uh, both men and women, uh, were idealistic, uh, had, you know, uh, want to serve the country, and uh, won't serve it with all. And they had a lot of talent. My message to the value of words, per se, and through the value of words, the platform to the people who will listen to this, would be that there is a need uh, you know, to work hard, there's the need to work sincerely, there's a need to do a lot of issues uh, by which you can work and serve the country. Uh, there is also a need to develop this, uh, to ensure that you get knowledge and to ensure that that knowledge helps the people and the society at large. We are today facing a very difficult time with the virus having, the pandemic yes. having invaded our country. We are also facing a difficult time with the Chinese on our borders and we are also facing a problem uh, in dealing with the integration of some of our people and uh,
1: these are challenges that come from uh, a lack of understanding so
0: as far as the pandemic is concerned I would urge everyone to be careful to follow the laid down guidelines and to ensure you don't get it because this pandemic is new, and this virus is new. So we have no idea what it will do to our bodies. Of course, mm-hmm. everyone says that a large number of us are immune to it, but we have no idea what will happen later on, once it ravages the body. Yeah. As far as the Chinese are concerned, I would request people of India uh, We used to, you know, to know that uh, the Chinese are uh, are a very dangerous threat to us. But at yeah. the same time, except the mm, Ability of the armed forces, to we are grateful for a strong political leadership at the very moment, uh, which, helps, which has, which uh, has given us the ability to deal with the Chinese uh, with the same freedom that they, they probably have. And i certain, given the time and the ability that we have, that we will be able to deal with the threat correctly. and as far as social media is concerned I would urge the young people to be careful with their words words are like nails uh, you know being driven into uh, you know a wooden plank you can take out the nail, but you can never really completely take out the hole that they make or the obstruction that they do within the body of that plank yes so use your words wisely use them carefully uh, you know Develop your knowledge and help uh, help us in making sure that the idea of India uh, only grows. Thank you so much, uh, Sonika, for interviewing me. It was such
3: a pleasure talking to you. Same here, same here. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. So I had a lot of takeaway points from
2: everything that was said in this interview. Uh, I especially like the analogy he drew towards the end of having to be careful with your words because they're like nails in a plank. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with that sense of development of expression, I also like the emphasis he had on the development of knowledge, which is for the good of everyone, a sort of universal humanist pursuit and development of knowledge. And uh, the variety of ways in which one can serve the nation by working hard. Just a lot of things that I thought were...
1: For me, it was very important... Uh, when he said that you know accountability of your words yeah so everybody should be responsible as to what they're posting on social media because you'd never know what's going to affect whom yeah so just be sure that you whatever you do post post with a lot of responsibility so as we introduced in the
2: beginning but before that we'll thank again Lieutenant General shokin and Chohan for taking time out Not once, but a couple of times from his hectic schedule, talking to us
1: from Nagaland. Thank you so much, sir. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much, uh, our listeners, because they're bearing with this kind of uh, sound quality. Uh, This was unavoidable because... Uh, of the inclement weather, as I mentioned. And thank you, Sonika, for having persuaded General Chauhan to have spoken to us. And on that
2: note, we will begin with our reading. No introduction even. This book is called Mahatma Gandhi, Essays and Reflections. It is the 150th birth anniversary edition. This one has been brought out
1: by Jayco Books. So uh, with our reading now, Mahatma Gandhi's Essays and Reflections by Dr. Sarvapali Radhakrishnan, as we all know, Dr. Sarvapali Radhakrishnan was the first vice president of India and the second president of India. So we'll straight away get to our reading and I'll start with the introduction, Gandhi's Religion and Politics by Dr. S. Radhakrishnan. The greatest fact in the story of man on earth is not his material achievement, the empires he has built and broken, but the growth of his soul from age to age in its search for truth and goodness. Those who take part in this adventure of the soul secure and enduring place in the history of human culture. Time has discredited heroes as easily as it has forgotten everyone else, but the saints remain. The greatness of Gandhi is more in his holy living than in his heroic struggles, in his insistence on the creative power of the soul and its life-giving quality at a time when the destructive forces seem to be in the ascendant, that is the introduction, and we'll have to skip section 1 which talks about religious basis of politics and move on to section 2 which is about religion as life and God. And also here we'll have to skip a couple of pages and I will move on to the line which explains Gandhi's attitude towards different religions. So he says that his attitude to other religions is not one of negative toleration but of positive appreciation. He accepts Jesus's life and work at and work as a supreme illustration of the principle of non-violence. Also, he appreciates the character of the Prophet Muhammad, his fervent faith and practical efficiency, the tender compassion and suffering of Ali. All religions, however, are means to religion and I am going to you know, talk about a quote here. And Gandhiji says, and I quote, let me explain what I mean by religion. It is not the Hindu religion which I certainly prize above all other religions, but the religion which transcends Hinduism, which changes one's very nature, which binds one indissolubly to the truth within, and which ever purifies. It is a permanent element in human nature which counts no cost too great in order to find full expression and which leaves the soul utterly restless until it has found itself. known its maker. And appreciated the true correspondence between the Maker and itself. I unquote. Even if they are myths, why should they have arisen if they did not express some deep seated intuitions in men? The more you love, the more you suffer. Infinite love, infinite suffering. And I quote again Whosoever would save his life shall lose it. I unquote. We are here working for God called upon to use our life for carrying out his intentions. If we refuse to do so and insist on saving our lives instead of spending them, we negate our true nature and so lose our lives. To be one with the poor and the outcast is to be his equal in poverty and to cast oneself out. To be free to say or do the right regardless of praise or blame, to be free to love all and forgive all, non-attachment is essential. That is what I had to read from section 2 and over to Yuvanika to continue for the next part.
2: It's actually very interesting because it becomes so clear the impact of religion in Gandhi's own politics. Uh, Section 3 is the spirit of humanity and it begins by saying, It follows that the mark of spirituality is not exile from the natural world, but work in it with love for all. Yasmin Sarvani Bhutani Atmei Vabhut Vijanataha Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself, Atmaiv. The condition is absolute. There must be freedom and equality of status. I move past a couple of lines to discuss The dominant group has the has the fear of dispossession, and the oppressed stores up just resentment. I repeat, The dominant group has the fear of dispossession and the oppressed stores up just resentment. Only justice can terminate this unnatural condition, the justice which means the recognition of the equal claims of all human beings. Unceasing is the toil of those who are labouring to build a world where the poorest have a right to sufficient food, to light, air and sunshine in their homes, to hope, dignity and beauty in their lives. Gandhi is among the foremost of the servants of humanity. He goes on to talk about how for Gandhi in India, it was his ambition to rid the country of its divisions and discords, to discipline the masses to self-dependence, raise women to a plane of political, economic and social equality with men, end the religious hatreds which divide the nation, and cleanse Hinduism of its social abomination of untouchability. And then how in India's villages, for Gandhi, industrialized humanity has come to signal the destruction of a more Peaceful way of life, as he says. And uh, Dr. S. Radhakrishnan writes, Our vision is dimmed and our way lost. We have taken a wrong twist which has dispossessed, impoverished and embittered our agricultural population, corrupted, coarsened and blinded our workers and given us millions of children with blank faces, dead eyes and drooping mouths. Beneath our present bafflement and exasperation, the bulk of the people retain a hunger for the realization of the old dream, of genuine liberty, real self-respect, of a life where none is rich and none is poor, where the extremes of luxury and leisure are abolished and where industry and commerce exist in a simple form. Again, we move forward a few pages. We've tried to condense this very long essay for you as effectively as possible, but there may be some mistakes. We come on to section 4, which is also the final section, Satyagraha. Quote, Ahimsa or non-violence is the highest duty, is a well-known saying of the Mahabharata. Its practical application in life is Satyagraha or soul force. It is based on the assumption that the world rests on the bedrock of Satya or truth. A Satya, meaning untruth, also means non-existent and Satya or truth means that which is. If untruth does not so much as exist, its victory is out of the question. And truth is being that which is can never be destroyed. God is the reality. Again, we move forward. The aim of the religious individual is not to degrade the vision to the demands of the actual, but to raise the actual to the pattern of the ideal. Our patriotic allegiances disrupt the spiritual unity of the human family and we maintain our loyalty to the larger community by refusing to engage in war and our loyalty to our state by defending it on religious and human ways. The religious, at least, like the apostles, quote, ought to obey God rather than men, end quote. Our trouble is that society in all countries is in the hands of people who believe in war as an instrument of policy and think of progress in terms of conquest. And now we move straight to the end, to the very last couple of lines. To be true, to be simple, to be pure and gentle of heart, to remain cheerful and contented in sorrow and danger, to love life and not to fear death, to serve the spirit and not be haunted by the spirits of the dead. Nothing better has ever been taught or lived since the world first began. And that brings us to the end of that. As we said, it's a bit patchy like our interview today because it was a long introduction, we wanted to condense it. And I know a lot of people will have issues with this for being an uncritical and fairly idealistic vision of Gandhi. And I think that criticism is justified and perfectly valid where it comes from. But uh, I think perhaps, as with our Young Adult special episode, we need to be reminded of idealism going forward, especially in these times.
1: Definitely. And uh, General Shaukeen Chauhan also mentioned about the youth. And I think this is a nice way to end this episode and wrap it off. Yes. But lot of points to ponder on, like you said. a uh, Lot of things, lot of important things that General Chauhan discussed. And lot of things that you've brought about by reading this essay.
2: I hope so. And uh, I think, yes, it's important to read all the thinkers that we engage with, even Ambedkar, Gandhi... These are all those who are coming and who we are doing so in today's work. But I think that the habit is that we have to study their beliefs, their interpreters' beliefs. So let's try to go back to reading some of these people, engaging critically before we
1: speak. And um, any last words, Nidhi? Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for telling us that we must read and actually appreciate. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and think
2: critically through it. So that was our reading for today. We'll be seeing you very soon. Same place, same connect.